everyone. Hello. Uh, Sarah and Brian here with you, and we are looking forward to continuing the conversation about sex, sexuality, the integrated person. And we'll be joined by Jeremy Mast, a licensed therapist and um, an expert in, in sexual addiction and um, uh, just a good guy, <laughs> just a good guy. So we're excited to continue the conversation today. Yes, absolutely. We've got a, a good team here and we're excited that you're tuning in. So I guess we'll dive right in. Welcome back, guys. This is Sarah here with Calvary Young Adults, and I'm joined by Pastor Brian Williams and Jeremy Mast, who is our special guest, our expert, our licensed psychologist, among many other things. And we are back with another episode of Sex is Good News, Understanding Sex, Sexuality uh, in Context of a Church Narrative, Outside the Church, and really, what do we do with it? Um, we're excited. Thank you guys for, for coming back and for joining us. Of course. And, yeah. Um, and I guess, so last, last time we have talked, we had Steve Hobbs here as well. And we were kind of going through, okay, you know, if God makes sex, why is it good? What is it good for? Um, the idea that, you know, we're sexual beings, that we have a sex drive and that, that is so comprehensive and dynamic, um, which kind of brings us in today's episode where we want to talk about the expression of our sexuality, understanding that it's God designed. And I think one of the questions that we've come across is, you know, in our sexuality, it can feel really individual, but it's also relational. So what in God's design um, in our sexuality makes it primarily relational or individual or personal? Like how do we dance through those different dynamics of our sexuality? That's a really good question. And when I was thinking about this um, before we um, recorded today, I th- I think that it's it's not uh, it's not a neat bifurcation between relational and individual. It's it's somewhat of a paradox because it's both at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's very relational. It's inherently relational. Sexuality is the is the um, uh, one of the highest ways that we can um, express ourselves as as relational beings uh, made in God's image. And yet, um, to to say that we're to say that sex only exists in relationship is is clearly not the case. It's just mm-hmm. not true. We have sexual identities. We um, um, have um, uh, our our own unique uh, sexual uh, experiences and history, and and all of that stuff, which which influences um, our sexual identity and um, and our orientation. And so. Um, I think it's helpful to think about it as a paradox and, and as um, being both individual and relational. Yeah, I think we certainly see that play out. And like you're saying throughout um, scripture, even you see, you see places where um, I don't know where I'm going. So I'll just stop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, it's, you know, it's not like the, it's not like the Bible says somewhere, um, you know, um, you know, the, uh, we don't, we don't get Paul saying anywhere, um, you know, sex is relational. So boom. And, and it's an important question, right? It's because re- the, the way that we think about sexuality and, um, the way that we understand it's going to influence, um, our, our, our practice, um, or, you know, in, um, theological terms are our praxis that is our applied theology so it's really important to um, have a have a um, um, understanding of what uh, sex is in in biblical terms yeah and I, I think like maybe Ryan what you might have been getting out or Jeremy what you've been saying too is we carry a sexual identity and we practice it, you're saying, in cases of intimacy with another person. Yeah. Um, but we know, too, I, I think from experience and from just understanding the dynamic personhood of humans is that it can go into the physical, into the spiritual, into the emotional. Um, it has everything to do. It's not just this, like, physical act that I think we can boil it down to in more of, like, a crude or crass exampling. Um, 
but that I think that's why it's important, you know, like to align those different spheres which our sexuality can play out in. Um, and maybe ask the question, well then, you know, why is it so powerful? Like, why is it important to align these different components of our life? Because it can have so much potential for either like healthy intimacy or destruction. So like, what does it mean that, like, how do we align these things so that we can create either really healthy experiences and maybe what happens when we misalign the physical, the spiritual, and the emotional? Mm -hmm. All right, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, um, but I'd, I'd be happy to dive in. This is such a, this is such a difficult question, and I, you know, I struggled with it because uh, I think I got hung up on the word align and, and what mm -hmm. that means. And I think, um, I think there's some value in that because um, um, alignment to me suggests some kind of um, uh, authenticity or um, or integration, right? And um, and the more I thought about uh, all of that, the more I thought about how um, we can be um, misaligned or um, um, divorced from or detached from parts of ourselves when we engage in um, when we engage in sex without without the emotional connection, um, or um, or how we can think about how we can think about um, sex, but uh, without without the emotional awareness or, or understanding um, of ourselves and um, our, um, our awareness of ourselves as, as relational beings, um, sure. you know, grounded in this sort of emotional, growing emotional maturity. So, you know, without that, for instance, um, if you've just got spirituality, but without the, um, the awareness of ourselves as, as uh, psychological beings who are existent in relationships, who are made in the image of God, you've got uh, what's called spiritual bypass. Mm. And, and that's, that's a, um, uh, it's a way of um, defending ourselves against that which we can't bear to think about emotionally. Mm. Right. So um, that, that's a, that's a whole nother ball of wax, but yeah. um, it, it's just illustrating, I think, um, how it's so important to uh, think about sex, not on its own, but as part of um, part of who we are. Um, we, you know, sin, what, what sin does. And, and, um, and this is also true uh, psychologically when we think about, our experiences and, and how they can um, how they can fracture us, but that's what sin does. It, it fractures us, mm -hmm. and so there are parts of ourselves that um, aren't um, in our awareness for one, but that also we might be aware of, but that we just don't talk about, or that we feel ashamed about, or that we feel um, or or feelings that we don't like to feel. For instance, all of that um, you know plays into this really. Um, it's, it's difficult to summarize, but um, it plays into how we experience um, ourselves as, as um, disintegrated yeah. um, or, um, or not whole, not yet whole uh, people. So would like, so kind of uh, what I'm hearing here is it's sort of like the, these physical, spiritual, emotional aspects of who we are and related to sex, that it's all of these. The, the potency for intimacy is with sex is realized when they are aligned, when they are ordered um, and, and w coming together, um, mm -hmm. yeah, equally uh, carrying this load of the sexual mm -hmm. experience. Um, and that's why God puts so much around it to, because he has such beautiful intentions for it. He wants mm -hmm. that alignment so that we can experience intimacy. But, but the potential in this for destruction comes because it is complex. And when they get misaligned, destruction often flows out of that. So mm -hmm. some of that is having that misalignment of those three things. Mm -hmm. Uh, the imbalances or not coming together in a way where those can thrive and, and result in intimacy rather than destruction. Yeah, I think that's well said. Go ahead, sir. No, just I, I liked what you said, even just like when we buy like the spiritual bypass or things that we can't bear to identify. And I think mm -hmm. even deciding that framework of, you know, if this is something that's made by God and we are, you know, 
assuming that we're innately spiritual beings when we ignore and not even just misalign but ignore because I think I often hear the dialogue especially actually from men that you know it's more physical for some and emotional for others and you know when we leave a component out of that it's not that it goes away if that's truly mm. make yeah. but that's where so much hurts and um, I mean, we can talk about the, the physiological, um, even just like what chemicals our bodies release in order to bind mm -hmm. us to other people. I think like if you're of faith or not, there's, there's biological evidence that it's mm -hmm. a powerful act and I think so important to even bring this, these things into conversation in more of a hookup culture and in a culture where people um, maybe that, that's just something that isn't talked about. And that's not to heap, uh, not at all like to heap shame or to, um, try to convince people that like, oh no, something's wrong, but to even kind of address the symptoms that happens when we do ignore those certain components of it, or we, we pass it off, or we, we put a different narrative over it, because it doesn't take away from maybe the emotional or spiritual toll, and like, it can really be something that could damage us in the long run, um, or why people can use it to be damaging to others in a way that starts to obscure view of the goodness of sex mm -hmm. yeah yeah um boy you said a lot there um but uh, one thing that really struck me was that um we can tune into how we experience our um sexuality in our lives and and um and it's um i don't want to say this um and and to the extent, the extent to which the the emotional, the spiritual, and the physical are, are aligned in that way, I'll just stick with that language, um, and how that promotes our our integration and um, and pleasure. Because I do I do think Brian, that's that's true that um, that in in God's design, there, you know, with with as much emphasis as there is in the Bible on, on the uh, on the family and um, and sexual relationships within the family. Um, between um, between partners, it's you know, it's it's um, it's by God's design that that um, um, alignment again, sticking with that language, uh, reaches its apex, right? And so um, when we when we then um, experience sex or, or um, practice sex in in ways that promote that alignment, we we feel that, and and we may not be aware that we feel it. Because it's something that we might um, feel a twinge of and then deny, or um, feel a twinge of um, and then tune it out or um, distract ourselves some way because we don't we don't want to feel that. It's whether it's shame or it's sadness or it's a feeling of disconnection or loneliness. Um, if we can learn to tune into those, it can be a way for us to uh, not only promote our emotional healing and, uh, and growth, but also to help us understand um, more fully our sexual experiences and, um, and how we can become more fully um, integrated in whole beings. I think of, uh, we see where, we see where there's, there's the call and the, and the clear line that, that, a sin there, there are sins that we do that are outside of us but then there's sins that that actually are sins against our own body our own flesh and and that uh have spiritual consequences that that the the physical nature and the spiritual aspects of this um connect with uh or, or relate to our connectedness to other people mm -hmm. yeah you know you know what just flashed in my mind is um is that that God lets us experience the uh, outcomes of our choices? He lets us experience the consequences of that. And and again, that's um, um, those consequences vary widely with with the situation. But you know, as far as um, sinning against our own bodies, we experience the the sexual consequences of of the um, misalignment of. Um, our uh, sexual practices when, when they're out of alignment with, with, with who we are, with, um, with our uh, spiritual, um, spirituality and, and uh, spiritual values. And, um, you know, it, and I think that's, I think that's just really good theology. Um, personally, um, 
it, it sort of um, reminds me of how, you know, when, when a, a, a good parent, a, a loving parent, um, you know, they, they've, they've taught their child um, in the way that um, he should go and, you know, um, and is responsive and loving toward them. Um, but then, you know, what happens when, um, when the child, uh, you know, gets into the cookies <laughs> and he eats too many, right? You know, um, not to say that I've uh, never been guilty of that. <laughs> Don't speak from experience. <laughs> With me, it'd probably be ice cream, but I digress. Um, it is lunchtime, so there you go. Um, uh, but, you know, if, if you eat too many cookies, you're going to get sick. And, and, and that makes the parent sad. Right, it it breaks the heart of, of of the parent, and I think it's also true with with how God feels about our sexual practices and, and our our um, choices in in this realm. Yeah, yeah, and I like I I think that's so key and central to to know the character of God and not like what you're saying that. God isn't just looking to punish us. He's not like a bully in the sky with the, you know, the magnifying glass and we're ants. And he's like, oh, you misstepped. Like, yeah. you're no. going to get it. And I always go back to, there's in Psalm 23, which is the classic verse talking about how God is like a shepherd and we're sheep and how he mm -hmm. leads us. But it says that his rod and his staff comfort us. Yeah. And I yeah. never got that. And maybe it's because I'm not a parent yet either. But I did work with elementary schoolers and middle schoolers. There you <laughs> go. I feel like I got some exposure. <laughs> but just like how in rod in that case, like is discipline. And then the staff is leadership. And mm -hmm. of course, like we are talking within the framework of like, he created this. He gave it to us. Like he loves us. The children like he he's kind of explaining like he's like the manufacturer and he's like here's the product I've given you a manual um and it's definitely not as like black and white as that right or like as maybe even like distance as that description might be but he's like hey like you like if you might get hurt if this isn't it and I might correct you in this or you might face consequence but it's nothing that delights the heart of God like he he is still for a delay and I think you said this too in the one of our opening episodes, just like that's part of the good news is that God mm -hmm. also like he doesn't give up on us. He's not like, okay, you misused it. You never like I'm gonna take this from you, you're never gonna have it again. Um, and just the Lord's ability to be steadfast with us even when we are learning and when we maybe have misapplied some of the principles of God knowingly or unknowingly, whether we're like being directly disobedient because we knew like we shouldn't do something or like this is a new concept to us because I also believe there's there's people who might be listening who are like I've never even walked with the Lord I'm still trying to figure this out yeah. to know yeah. like God is not upset or angry like mm -hmm. he actually wants our goodness and will continue to fight for right. and walk with us in that and that there's like it's not a place for shame it's not a place but I love that just like we need to keep in mind the character of God when we talk about these things um mm -hmm. Cause I think that's what often will draw people away from even wanting to, to invite God into like our sexual side of ourselves or whatever into our sex lives. It seems very like contrary. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just, thank you for bringing that I up. I think, yeah, I, I think you could just say what you just said over and over until the end of the episode and then we'd be done. <laughs> I mean, that, <laughs> I, I really we'll believe that. We'll just loop it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you for saying that. Oh, of course. And I think like both of you have been talking so well on, you know, like that relational piece and like even just like in when we are um, like having sex and like what that does in all the, those different realms of our lives. Um, and I know we hit on this last time, but I, I know a lot of a lot of young adults that we're talking to are single and like whether they're engaging um, in sex or not we are fostering this sexual identity often independent um, from another person, right? Like, like we said, it's just a part of who we are. It's this integration. Um, and I guess like question for all of us and to both of you is how can we do that in a healthy way? And I know that there are definitely like pitfalls or things that, you know, like we will, you know, consequences we want to avoid simply for our health and for our life. And how, like, how do we do that? How do we cultivate healthy sexual identity independent from another person or even independent from like the physical act of sex? I think one of the ways is by doing this sort of stuff is, is coming to understand it. Um, to, to learn what we can about 
uh, what makes us tick? What, why, you know, having these conversations, why does it, why do I long in this way for these things? And, and what are the ways about it that are healthy? Yeah. But a thing is just to learn. Um, that's how we can help foster that, that healthy sexual identity independent of other people or independent of maybe the, um, the marriage relationship, it, it still can be done. And I think one place to start is just to learn, to learn about, about it and how we operate and how it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think also important in that, and I, I love, I love the, the idea of, um, being curious and learning, uh, both about ourselves and about, um, um, what the Bible has to say about this was what the, uh, what the church community has to say about this. Um, I think the sexual identity and, and healthy sexuality, um, can certainly happen outside of a, um, committed romantic relationship. Um, but that's not to imply then that it, um, happens in isolation, um, right. outside of any relationship. And, and, and that may seem obvious, but, um, I think it's worth noting because it's something that um, we do for the sake of um, expediency or simplicity. I think, especially when we when we talk about this um, in the church, I think at least it's my experience that it's like, okay, you're either you're either um, married or single, and if you're yeah. single, this is what sex looks look, looks like for you, and this is what you right. should do. And um, it and it and it's not really discussed. Um, first of all, in in a way that um, helps us feel emotionally safe to talk about yeah. um, our experiences, our struggles, um, our questions. Um, I mean, we didn't talk about sex at all. I, I think I may even mentioned this in the last episode. Um, we didn't talk about sex at all in the church, really. And I think the one time that we did, my youth pastor was so uncomfortable. <laughs> he was so uncomfortable talking about the youth it. Youth pastor uncomfortable talking about sex. Uh, it's a, right, but, hey, wait a minute. No. Um, yeah. So, you know, creating um, safe spaces to talk about questions, um, and in that um, ongoing dialogue or conversation. Um, where where we can learn that sex isn't something that we need to be ashamed about or, or um, that we can um, understand uh, and learn more fully what um, 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 it means to be um, committed Christians who are, are committed to to honoring God in our sexuality, you know, that, that spiritual component as well as the emotional component. All of that, I think, can, can happen in, uh, in um, safe relationships where uh, we're, we're able then to bring those parts of ourselves to the church community mm -hmm. and, um, and be enriched by that. That's wonderful. I, I totally agree. And um, I'm thankful we're doing this. And, and even as we have these conversations, they're not, uh, they're not perfect, but we're having it. And that's kind of what we're yeah, modeling. Yeah. I think yeah. is, yeah. is to just have the conversation and, and, uh, at the end of the last episode, Sarah mentioned discernment, um, which just kind of weighing <laughs> for yeah. ourselves what what everything that's said, not just taking things because someone said it, but but actually weighing the things we hear. Um, and and as you have conversations, as people do what you're talking about, they need to do it. They need they need to have discernment. They need to weigh those things, and that kind of maybe leads into if that's one of the healthy ways to do it independently. What are some of the pitfalls that we should be aware of? And, and I think this even plays, starts moving us towards some very practical things. Um, uh, even, you know, in the last episode, we brought up masturbation. And, and that was a question I think a lot of people um, still asked. <laughs> like, masturbation, is it beneficial? Is it permissible? Or is it harmful and outside of the will of God? Um, people are still asking that, I think, because we long for that simple answer. Yeah. But maybe we could talk a little bit more about that. And then, and then I'd love to move towards... Um, pornography and talking specifically about pornography and um yeah so so maybe we'll, we'll let's just take a, a little bit of time and kind of revisit the masturbation question um and maybe fill that out a little bit more um if it's beneficial and permissible or harmful and outside of the will of god mm -hmm. scripture is not clear <laughs> you said scripture's it. not clear <laughs> <laughs> you're right though you're so right it's so true yeah yeah we crave simplicity. We crave simple answers to enormously complex questions. Mm -hmm. um, 
And that's not bad. It's just what it is. It's what's true. Um, but if we know that, um, then we can take steps to actively um, promote uh, thoughtfulness, uh, thoughtful engagement with scripture, right? And, um, and with the, 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 um, the church as the interpreters of scripture. Well, that's a very, that's a very Protestant thing for me to say, I guess, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> <right>? <laughs> okay. So, but I'm, I'm just going to go with that. Okay. So, um, <laughs> okay. So, um, so, so yeah, I get it. Like we, we look to scripture, we um, um, point to um, things that seem to support um, what's probably already a um, pre-existing position, mm-hmm. right? That's that's just yeah. that's just what we do. That's our right? tendency. That's our it is. It's what we humans. do. And um, and again, that's just that's just what is. Um, you know, I um, I say all this because. The, the answer of masturbation is, is something that we've wrestled with for, or the question about masturbation is something that we've wrestled with for a long time. And, uh, and we're going to continue to wrestle with it. Um, but what I, what I want to promote um, are, are some ways of thinking about what's healthy about um, uh, masturbation, um, how it can be done in a healthy way, and, uh, and, and just use that as, as fodder for more discussion and, and dialogue. Um, I, I really don't want to, you know, maybe when uh, Steve comes back on, um, he can uh, give his perspective on this as well. But it's really difficult to summarize um, this um, concisely. But um, I do think that healthy masturbation is possible. I do think that that can uh, further um, a, a healthy um, furtherance of our and in, in development of our sexual identities. Um, I think that's very possible. Now, um, there are some warning signs that if, if, uh, in, in just get to low hanging fruit here. Okay. Um, you know, if, if your masturbation is becoming something that is, um, is used to, uh, soothe difficult feelings. Okay. If it's something that is becoming, um, something that you get preoccupied with or something that you're, um, um, combining with with uh, with porn or or with other some with with some other behavior, okay. Um, if if it uh, begins to impact your self esteem, if you if you start to notice some um, possible possible physical symptoms as a result, I mean, um, uh, those are those are just one of uh, a number of signs that that it could potentially become problematic, okay, or or very difficult um, uh, and unhealthy. Um, I think when we talk about healthy sexuality, we're really interested as Christians in the, in the question of how to align or, or can masturbation be aligned with God's vision for, um, for sex and, um, and how can, yeah. you know, is, is that something that we then um, can, can practice or engage in as committed Christians um, who are uh, wanting to bring the good news of, of, uh, of Jesus Christ to the world. And very practically speaking, I want to, I want to boil this down. Okay. Um, you know, to return to just a very, um, uh, the, the, the previous way that we were talking about this. Okay. And, and, and this may look a little bit different for everyone. Okay. I don't, I don't think the answer is, well, you should only masturbate once a week or, or, or something that, you know, um, as, um, as rule bound or strict as that, or as rigid as that, I think that, um, actually that kind of, um, talking about that is, is, it's just not integrated, right? Mm-hmm. It's not taking into, into account, um, all of the, um, emotional, um, spiritual, uh, factors that, that are really relevant here. Okay. So, you know, I want to, I want to get a little, uh, stay a little theoretical or, or esoteric, um, sort of where we were. And then I want to zoom in a little bit. So can we practice masturbation as integrated beings who are who are following the cross um yeah i think we can um how would we how would we know that we're that we're not well um if it if it draws us out of relationships if if we start to feel um ashamed about our behavior for example and 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 that um gets in the way of our authentic 
um, relating with others um, and our, our ability to show up in the church, for example. Um, if, if we, um, on the other hand, if we, if we over, you might say, you know, um, air in another way saying like, uh, you know, I'm not going to masturbate at all. And that's just going to be the way it is. We're just sort of denying our sexuality, um, and, uh, and any sexual, um, experiences or feelings that we have, that's not healthy either. Okay. And, um, and again, what may be true here, you know, or what, what, may, what might foster that kind of integration that we're going for as far as masturbation goes might look a little bit different for, for one person than it does for another person. Um, and I think there's room for that. I think that scripture allows for that freedom. Um, but I think it requires us to be very thoughtful um, and reflective about understanding scripture and how we understand scripture um, both personally as and in, in community um, and how how we can integrate that teaching into our lives um, yeah i'll just i'll just stop there <laughs> yeah. yeah thank thank you jeremy i uh, i'm thankful for the dialogue and i think you hit on something there jeremy that's worth highlighting for the sake of the conversation about being thoughtful and reflective about the scriptures and, and integrating that. Um, we've all agreed as we've talked that, that there's no, there's no specific prohibitions in scripture. Um, there, there's no like black or white blanket statements about masturbation's acceptability in the eyes of God. And you know, like, frankly, that's possible. I think we've all agreed that that's, that's impossible to come to and even destructive kind of, as you shared, Jeremy, that in your story there, there are principles of God that, that we can live by that, that inform even, even like the, the minutia that the scriptures don't specifically address. So even though the scriptures don't address things, they do give us wisdom that we can, we can use to operate even in these uh, offshoots of life that scripture doesn't specifically speak to. And so I think you know, people who would tend away from masturbation arrive at that place because of how they apply those principles. Um, mm. I feel like we all agree mm. to those things and even to what the principles are like in particular, like the call to flee from temptation, to run mm. from it. You know, Matthew five, we've talked about before, but like Jesus says that, even to look at another person lustfully is aching to adultery. And, and then he like ups the ante by saying like, if your hand or your eye causes you to sin, like cut it off, gouge it out. And that, of course is hyperbole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's hyperbole, but the communication is still clear. Like don't mess with sin thinking you'll come out on top. Yeah. Like, like don't mess with sin thinking you'll come out on top and, um, I think, I think we all would agree to that. And so that's where the application is where things are, get different for many. The, the application of that is like, okay, masturbation and, and thoughts that would, would arouse me go hand in hand. And so that's treading awfully close to the fire. Like, like that's a thin line to navigate. And so people might say, I know from experience, I, I can't walk that line without falling over it. And so I'm not going there. I'm just not going to. And I, like, mm. as I've navigated these things, I've um, arrived at a place where I, I don't, it's not prohibited, it's certainly not prohibited, but man, be really careful. Yeah. Appreciate you sharing that. I, I think we can all say that the important part here is to have the dialogue, yeah. Yeah. to have the conversation, yeah. to, to be able to talk about these things um, because yeah. they're complex, because mm -hmm. they're hard and mm -hmm. because they're, they are, because sex is potent with, uh, it's, it has, is potent for destruction yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and devastation mm -hmm. and havoc just as much as it's potent for beautiful, wonderful, life-giving things mm -hmm. and connection and relationship. And so that potency makes it so important. Um, 
we have to be able to talk through it and we've got to be able to work through these things. And um, sometimes having uh, simplistic answers um, Mm -hmm. kind of squash uh, even people's thinking about it. You know, if we've, we've got to be able to think about these things, you've got to be able to think about them so that we can integrate them so that we don't just have, well, I have this answer, but I don't have anything supporting that answer. I don't have any foundation to the answer that, that I've come to or that God has led me to more importantly that God has led me to. Um, And so we need to be able to talk about it. So thank you for, for voicing your position and your place on that. Yeah. Um, Wherever, wherever you land, um, on this issue. Um, I think as long as you're very intentionally practicing um, a, an integrated um, integrated spirituality, integrated sexuality, thinking about why you um, have the position that you do, why, why you land where you do. Um, because, you know, to your point, to the extent that you can't, which is, you know, which is my story, which is what I grew up with, um, because I, 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 I grew up saying, you know, uh, hearing, um, well, just, uh, you know, just don't masturbate. Masturbation is a sin. Um, and the, 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 the prohibition brought about so much shame that I, that I, um, I really struggled with that for, for years. And so, um, you know, growing up, my, my sexuality, my sexual identity was fused with shame. And that's what can make us really vulnerable to pornography. So you see how all of this is sort of interconnected a little bit and why we have to do all of it, even though it's really hard, all of it at once. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's so good. And yeah, I think what I'm taking from what both of you guys are saying is just that we need to have the ability to invite God into the very heart of our sexuality. And and we talk about masturbation because it exists, because it's something that people are engaged in that it's, it's yeah. worth talking about it because it's connected to our identity. It's connected to our sexual identity. It's connected to our identity with God and to not be afraid of feeling like there's doors that are locked and closed that God is, it would be shameful to invite him into instead of seeing it as a freedom of being able to invite God into all things and letting him help us. Into the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Would not, yeah, not just with others, but with the Lord and like ultimately mm-hmm. like to ask God, like, you know me, you made me, what is wisdom in this? Like provide me wisdom, Holy Spirit, like to not just lean on our own understanding of things or like another person's hearsay, but like you both said, like weigh the scripture is not just, you know, there may not be a blatant piece of scripture that says, you know, this about masturbation or this like, heck, like dating, there isn't like scripture on dating, but there are principles by God that we know to live by that take us walking out with them and inviting God into those areas. So I think that was an discernment piece is so big and so important to not to not um, write off any area or topic because we've heard one narrative on it. Um, so thank you. I, I think you you hit on something important though that I know that is kind of an area of specialty in your practice um, and something you're really passionate about. But just kind of like what happens when we start to dive into those areas, such as pornography, and I, I know that's something that has its own history in the church. I know there's a lot of statistics on it. Brian, you had pulled up some, um, and I know it's typically, it's talked a lot about like in circles of men, but not women, but what, yeah, like maybe what would be your wisdom or even just your invitation towards people who feel like that's something that is a big part of their life or maybe a big part of their sexual identity or experience that has fostered maybe a little bit of shame that they they don't want to talk about it or mm-hmm. how do we, how do you as a person who is desiring to follow Christ or recognizing this is something in your life, decide to move forward into Mm -hmm. a place of health and what conversations should we be having around something such as pornography in the church out loud as a whole? Small question. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, (laughs) um, I really appreciate you bringing this up um, because this is um, this is an open secret both um, in our society, um, but also I think in the church. Yeah, um, the church isn't immune to that, and um, and it's it's something that I call us. Uh, it's an unthought known. Like we we just don't 
we just don't uh, talk about it or, or aren't even aware of it sometimes, but we know, we know it, we feel it, it's, it's there, it's everywhere. Yeah. And so um, we've been, um, we've been very much affected uh, by pornography and, um, and it's ubiquitous in, in our culture. Um, the first thing I might want to say to someone who's struggling with this issue is that you're not alone. And that's what your shame will tell you that you are alone, that no one is struggling with this like you are, that um, you're never going to get over this. But healing is possible. Um, becoming um, a, you know, an integrated person is possible. Um, you fell into this trap um, for reasons that, um, you know, as you, as you think emotionally about what happened for you and psychologically, you know, there, there are very good reasons why um, pornography can, can hook us as well as it can. Um, it's, it's what we call a um, super stimulus that is, um, you know, kind of like um, um, fentanyl. When, when we think about manufactured drugs that, that can so powerfully um, affect the brain, um, pornography is, is the same way. Um, and, and the more... Um, the more explicit the pornography, um, the, the more it's potential to, to affect the brain. Um, at least the, 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 um, the brain that's conditioned to respond to pornography, right? So, um, so just in terms of what pornography does, it can um, be a very powerful way that our brains can be hooked by, um, by something that we really aren't um, designed to um, handle, that kind of sexual um, material or, or sexual uh, stimulus. So understanding that, but also, um, you know, in terms of what I think you're asking is, is trying to um, find a way forward and how we talk about this in the church. Um, I think it's a mistake to, and, and this might be a controversial position, but I think it's a mistake to simply say, um, Pornography is bad, period. If we can't find a way to talk about why we as people continue to use pornography yeah. and other destructive behaviors, if we can't find a way in our dialogue to promote understanding of why these um, pernicious behaviors persist, yeah. uh, to the extent that we don't do that, it's just going to create more shame. Yeah. And it's going to ensure that they persist. And so we need to find a way in our dialogue. And, and I would say that the church could be the leader in this. Mm -hmm. um, we need to find a way to bring into our dialogue some, some balanced um, ways of, of inviting that that dialogue to happen in in a more um, more nuanced or, or uh, rounded way, while also while also very much holding to the value that this is not something that we as um, as children of God are are wanting to continue to do, but the the key is in understanding our behavior and its grip on us that will loosen its grip. Yeah, and and um, and again that is part of doing the work of, of um, becoming integrated selves, integrated people, um, is, is um, understanding emotionally why pornography has the grip on us that it does and, and, um, and being curious about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so good. I think with, you know, with everything we're talking about, not just looking at like the symptomatic um, experiences that we're having, but the root of those things. And I've actually found it to be, so helpful because I, I do have many friends um, either who are outside of the church or who have left the church and some of the things have been driven by narratives about sexuality or sex that they've heard yeah. that just either hurt them or sent them to a place of shame and um, hearing those vantages of you know friends who believe that pornography is actually you know like healthy I think the church tends to have the, the, the perspective of the church is always pitted against like the culture of the world, right? And we're afraid to hold that middle ground of asking, you know, well, why do you watch pornography with your partner? Why do you think this is healthy? I've heard all sorts of narratives, you know, about like sexual liberation and why, you know, like 
it's not that big of a deal and to not dismiss those things like you said yeah. not condone them to not necessarily say like you don't have to say i agree but it's been helpful for me to hear from people i love and that i trust and i'm not ready to write them off as you know ignorant or you know their lived experience matters like you're saying because they're human if i believe they're created in the image of god mm -hmm. they're responding to something like you said mm -hmm. that we're made for and I, not to be misheard on this but i think it's really it is important to say you know like let's not just put a big red stamp over and say like let's not talk any further like we're doing you know yeah. to say like yeah why what are the arguments for like why why has this become something that is so ubiquitous um and to realize like Brian had pulled up some statistics before from the Barna group. This is like 2016. You might have more recent stats, but like we think about men only watching pornography, but there's a t statistic that 87% of Christian women have watched pornography. Um, that, it, you know, 63% of men 18 to 30 years old view pornography several times a week. Like mm -hmm. it's just so much more integrated. Like when we talk about, you know, like even in married men and married women, it's not just something to like, you know, tied us over until we're married like it is it is part of how couples are experiencing sexuality together how you know like whether in a covenant relationship or just in a committed relationship so I think it is good to to ask and to invite people into that conversation who might have a different perspective to see like what what are the common threads here and you know to hear about where this is taking us because it like you said it's an open secret it's not it's not something we can easily categorize or say, you know, like we know there's just a few guys at church that struggle with this. Like it's, mm -hmm. and some people don't consider it a struggle. So mm -hmm. to still open those conversations without, you know, trying to like superimpose conviction on people, but trusting right. even that, you know, the Lord will lead us there. And it's not always, it's our place to hold space, but we can't always convince someone in that moment of something um, if it's their lived experience, you know? Mm -hmm. So to yeah. kind of maybe summarize a little bit there, I, like a phrase that stood out even from what you said there, Sarah, at the end of the superimposing conviction, is that maybe a, sim a simpler way to kind of sum up what both of you said? And that like, when we talk about porn, like certainly we have a position yeah. on, on whether it's healthy or not, and that, that it's not, that, that it, this is not a healthy thing. But from that position, it's not helpful for anyone if if we and and i can say for my own life and and talking with friends and working through things with friends as well like all of us together that movement from this is something that is a part of my life to um this is something that's not a part of my life doesn't happen because i just say because someone tells me it shouldn't be a part of my life mm -hmm. <laughs> It happens because somebody's met me where I'm at mm -hmm. and then walks with me. There, there's not like a, okay, there's this giant chasm, jump across it. It's a, we have to build the bridge. Yeah. 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 In fact, um, we often feel that um, gap in our, in, in our lived experience in our church. Um, you know, we pick up, um, you know, how our uh, communities of faith might feel about pornography or whatever, and it leads to the conviction, oh, I gotta, I gotta stop doing this or whatever. And, um, um, and it leads to, it leads to this um, really painful cycle of um, returning to, returning to porn or returning to masturbation mm -hmm. that's, you know, compulsive, stopping it out of shame and then, um, and then being not back into it. it it's a the shame really, really yeah yeah mm -hmm. and um and certainly you know and that and this is where you know it can be really helpful to um think about um continued um dialogue between mental health um you know therapists like like me in the church um to to um inform one another about um uh, you know, from from the um, uh, psychological perspective, or or you know, the clinical side, like okay, here's here's what um, here's what you know, porn addiction means, or here's here's how we talk about um, um, how to get out of or or away from or overcome um, problems with uh, problems with pornography, um, yeah. uh, and um, and creating some awareness of that within the church. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
That's so good and so true. And I know that you're very passionate about, you know, creating spaces where people can be educated and um, kind of talk a little bit more openly. And I'd love for you to share a little bit on that. I was recently reading this awesome book. It's called The Contrarian's Guide to Knowing God. And it essentially, it's really, it's wonderful. Like seriously, if you're listening and you're like, I have a lot of questions about the Lord and I'm not afraid to ask them. Like, this is a great conversation starter, but there's a chapter on accountability that I thought was really powerful. Mm. It was talking about that even in accountability, it's not always helpful to just go and, you know, like if you're, if you're struggling with something to just share with those who are also in that place, like you're saying to like, to go to a therapist, to go to someone who is maybe healed or past that, or can give you resources from more of a, like a healthy um, perspective, but also author gave this example of something called glass house living, which is just being able to, to transparently share things with, you know, like in safe spaces, like to be able to talk and live really openly and kind of like break that seal on like whatever is holding you on those shame pieces. And I think the church has, you know, like can lead out in that, of that glass house living of like, it's okay. Like we should be able to put everything on the table and there's such thing as healthy boundaries, of course. And like mm. knowing who you're sharing with, knowing your audience, um, would you mind even just talking about some of the resources like you've put together or like, yeah, recommendations. If it's like, all right, what, you know, like what's something that I can turn to if I'm, if I'm mm. interested in moving forward with this, not just like Brian said, jumping the chasm, but like, what's the first, what's one of the first steps Mm, that's a good question. Um, boy, and that's a tough one too, because um, to get to get a uh, integrated perspective on that, I think it really requires um, you to um, to do a little bit of digging and uh, and thoughtful um, reflection on what what you do find. You might start with. Um, books about uh books about um about pornography and its effects um so one do i have it here um this is a book that specifically it was written some years ago actually but uh it's a book um from a christian perspective um i think it's from ivp press but it's called uh, wired for intimacy uh, but it talks about the effects of, of porn on the brain and um and how it can affect our capacity for intimacy and closeness, the, the effects of problematic porn use. Um, so that's one uh, place to go. Uh, and, um, and that's going to have um, um, some other resources that that cites as well. Um, you know, many of the clients who are Christians that, um, that also struggle with this issue, um, most, of, um, most of the work, honestly, is, is just helping them to feel that um, they can talk about their issue, yeah. that they can talk about uh, their struggles. And, um, and, and I don't know that you're really going to find how to do that in a book necessarily. Okay. Um, that, you know, there is, well, Brian, you were talking, there is a book uh, written by, uh, I think his name is Peter Scazzaro. What he called, uh, he wrote a book called the emotionally healthy church. Um, which is a, it's a great resource for, for how to, um, have these kinds of vulnerable conversations, uh, in churches and in, um, spiritual, um, communities. I think the best advice that I could give you as far as, um, resources for, or, or, um, resources for, um, uh, overcoming any problems with porn is just to become an expert in yourself. Mm-hmm. Become curious about your own experience. Um, learn about, learn about, um, you know, if, if you think you might, uh, if you think you might have a problem, you know, certainly consult with a therapist like, like me, um, who, who can help you with that and who can help you understand that. Um, you know, we're not here to judge you. We're just, we yeah. believe me, we're, we're just wanting to help you, um, and support you in your journey. So, um, you know, taking that first step and reaching out for help is, is, um, it can be a little challenging. I, I know, um, but uh, we, we just want to help you. We really do. Um, so becoming an expert in yourself, fostering that emotional awareness of, of yourself and, um, and, and learning to attune to uh, your own uh, feelings, your own thoughts, um, changing that can help you uh, in so many ways. It can help you to um, um, 
create the emotional awareness of, of some of the feelings that then drive you to watch porn. Uh, yeah. It can create um, uh, more of an ability to um, um, mindfully reflect on your behavior instead of reacting. Yeah. And, uh, and that reaction often involves porn use. Um, it, it's, it's really amazing. And so, you know, if you're curious about that, um, read, read some books that interest you in, um, you know, in, in, and there are a number of those resources that are written from a Christian perspective um, in, on, uh, by, by Christian psychologists or Christian therapists uh, like me um, that talk about emotional um, and psychological wellness and healing, uh, but, but uh, within the context of what, what scripture teaches. So, um, you know, no one resource comes to mind for that. There, there are a number of authors out there like, uh, like Dr. Laser, Dr. Clinton, um, Clayton Townsend. I mean, all those authors, right. I've written all about this stuff. It's, it's great. So, uh, the resources are definitely out there. Um, I developed a, or I'm in develop, uh, in the process of developing a, um, um, a membership community <laughs> and I, I hesitate to give you the name of it. I can't really because I, I might have to change the name of it. I was just on the phone with um, the uh, a lawyer discussing um, trademarking it, mm. and, and it's, it turns out there might be a problem with that. So I might have to I might have to change the name. But anyway, you think um, you best updated. Yeah, if you want to know more, just just yeah. let me know. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, yeah. So anyway, just let me know. I'd be happy to uh, <clears throat> talk more about that with you if you're curious. So next step, um, could it maybe summarize in these two things? One is uh, educate yourself, and the second is it's sort of education and self-discovery. Yeah. What kind of be the first steps is, is embark on educating yourself about uh, physiologically how we work, so scripturally what God has to say, his, what he lines out is good, um, and about who we are who we are. That's important. What God has to say about who we are. Um, and then, uh, enter into that some realm of self discovery of kind of, okay. And, and how am I actually living those out? How, where did, where, what is, how do I identify myself? Uh, where did that identity that I formed for myself come from? Why do I react to things the way I react to them? Why do I, um, those two things, education, self discovery, would that maybe be a good summary? Doing that work, you're you're really talking about doing the work of becoming an integrated person. Back to where we started, yeah. Um, fostering that that um, that physical, that spiritual, and, and that emotional integration and healing. Becoming doing doing the work of becoming a whole person and um, calling home those parts of ourselves emotionally that are. Um, out of our awareness that are detached that that we can't talk about that um that we can't bear to uh, feel or to think about all of that um is is part of our i think um growth as just as human beings but especially as um people who are made in god's image yeah mm-hmm. wonderful i think that's a good i think that's a good place to end because i think that that's a good place to, to send people off with just with everything that we're, we have been talking about. We want to be people that are examining who we are as, you know, created beings and how to become more integrated people. And it takes self-awareness. It takes um, an honesty with ourselves and an honesty before God and um, to not be, to not be fearful in those arenas. And hopefully I'm thankful for this conversation um, because I believe it, it is encouraging to say we want to go there in our in our discussions and even just our view of ourselves and to to venture into some uncharted territory or territory we didn't believe that we can bring um, the Lord into. Um, so thank you guys. Thank you for this discussion. And I know there's more to come in this arena. Um, but yeah, we will we will definitely be pointing people towards resources um, <laughs> as they come out, Jeremy. And uh, thank you so much just for, for being a voice in that space. My pleasure. Thanks for um, inviting me on again. Of course. All right. Until next time, guys. What a great conversation. I am so thankful to have had that time and, and, and truly that to see that um, there's so much that we agree on 
the hard part in all of this often is just to communicate uh, how we communicate about it. Uh, but ultimately that is important that we do. Absolutely. No, I think it's been fun to have these conversations with you guys, though some of it is a little bit difficult, but worth even going back to you and kind of asking again, the why of, you know, why is this something that's part of your life? Why is this something that people are even drawn to? And then seeing really the personhood behind that and getting to relate to people and to explore those things and invite God into those hard spaces. Mm -hmm. And um, like Jeremy said, as as we get resources, um, we just want to be able to give those to y'all. Um, if this is something of pornography or masturbation or something we said kind mm -hmm. of resonates with an area of your life that you want to maybe talk to a professional about or just explore um, in a healthy setting with someone who has a little bit more knowledge than Brian and I, um, we would just really encourage you to do so. Um, we want this to be a journey of health and not just kind of a one-time mm -hmm. conversation. Yes. So. yes, absolutely. Yeah, and um, we're going to come back around to this. Um, we're not done with the conversation about pornography, specifically about sexual addiction. I think we're going to come back to yeah. that but um look forward we we kind of made our way towards shame and, and what do we do with that how do we deal with that where does that come from and so that's what we're going to continue the conversation on uh with steve hobbs next okay right, so buckle up we're excited thanks for tuning in guys and as always if you have any feedback for us let us know we want this to be an open conversation and we're thankful for you <laughs>